Hey guys, welcome to the We Need to Calm Down podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. And this is the show where we talk about all things Taylor Swift. That's right. This is the show where two friends finally get to let their dedication to our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift, fly. We'll be discussing everything from song breakdowns, Taylor news, and our insane fan theories. So, Joe. And our merch. I was going to say, what are you wearing for the viewers that are listening and not watching? It's for viewers that are view- that are viewing. Um, I actually finally got uh, the merch that I bought from Taylor uh, roughly, I think it was almost four months ago. <laughs> That's crazy. So. I got the Eras t-shirt. It actually didn't take them four months for the Eras t-shirt. Um, I got the cardigan uh, that I swiftly learned mm-hmm. is definitely a female cut cardigan. And uh, I am only wearing it for this recording and will probably never wear this thing in public. Uh, which is a little sad, but I kind of knew what I was getting into. Yeah. If you it's did still it, cool. yeah, and I mean, we talked about that when they sent it to Brendan Urie's wife, and you were like, "Why not Brendan Urie?" I found out why not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only the reason that I believe this is because it does have like it like trends upwards in the back area, and I was like trying to pull it down. I'm like, why is this sh- like my butt is not being covered? And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Welcome to the struggles so of women. Don't get me wrong. It's nice. It's it's really well made con- compared to like a lot of the stuff that I've bought previously from her. So I'm really happy with it. I'm happy to have it. It's a nice piece of memorabilia. I'll wear it for this podcast. Uh, but <laughs> I'm never going to wear this thing in public. I'll wear the shirt. The shirt's really cool. Um, I got the socks. Boom. I got the... Uh, what is this one? This is the cancel plan in case you call and the, uh, for the hope of it all socks. So, I mean, like I'm, they I'm look good. Pretty. I got enough stuff. Meanwhile, I and have absolutely she... no merch because I'm a cheap. Did state. you get the, did you get your vinyl? No. Did you order a vinyl? No. Oh, okay. I thought you did and you were waiting on it. No. I got, I got mine. It's, it's cool. I, I don't know if I'm going to listen to it. I'm Actually, I might. I might have like a listening party with uh, with one friend uh, who is a fan of the show. Well, that'd um, be good. Yeah, like I'm interested to hear it. I, I want to hear it on vinyl, especially the lakes on vinyl sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I got the in the weeds version. I think it looks really cool. It's like a blue to like the um, the actual color of the, the vinyl itself. Um, yeah. And then she just came out with a Christmas uh, collection that I shared with you. And uh, I foolishly bought more things from that. <laughs> I really want to get, I'm thinking about getting the puzzle because I like puzzles. You I want to get into them more. I, I would have, if you, I would have got free shipping if we combined our, our efforts I'm here. sorry. If you buy How the puzzle, let it? me know. Cause the puzzle. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, if let me know if you do, because I might want to buy the um, either the beanie or the the AirPods case because I've never had an AirPods case, and that sounds cool. I don't even have <laughs> AirPods to have a case for. But. Give it time; it's almost Christmas. You don't know. No, you don't know what a podcast host might have given his podcast co-host. <laughs> Jesus, Joe, I'm gonna get you a nice pat on the back. <laughs> For Christmas. <laughs> I don't got well, no I think money. We actually, 
I think we actually got a pretty great gift uh, this year uh, from uh, the the main person in our lives, uh, Taylor Swift. So, Devin, I think that's as good a segue as I'm going to ever create for myself. What are we talking about on this typical Tuesday night? Well, Joe, we are in November of 2020. What a year it has been. But the silver lining of it all is that Taylor Swift is contractually allowed to start re-recording her first five albums. Whoa. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm really excited about this one because, like, it it has been a little bit like the news started cropping up around the end of October. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once we hit November, it, like, exploded on all the news outlets. Like, it's in November. Taylor can do this. She said she was going to do it in the past. And um, funnily enough, like, we're sitting down. We're recording this on Monday, Mm -hmm. uh, right the Monday before the Tuesday that this episode comes out. And uh, (laughs) it's, like, nighttime. And we're sitting, we're getting, we're going over our notes and everything. And Taylor, and Devin goes, wait, breaking news. And she pulls out her phone and goes, Taylor Swift just tweeted. <laughs> Literally, as we're just brainstorming and getting ready to record at 5.55, she tweets out, been getting a lot of questions about the recent sale of my old masters. I hope this clears things up. So apparently it was sold for the second time without her knowledge to Shamrock Holdings. Uh, and Which, there's this whole oh con- whole contingency that Taylor was like, well, you know, even though it's been sold off again, I'd like to work with you and we can, you know, make sure that the integrity is all good. And then she found out that Scooter Braun's still going to be making a profit off of it somehow. And she's like, in good conscience, I can't keep, you know, I can't do business with you and I can't allow Scooter Braun in my life at all. So I'm going to keep recording my old records because she is currently in the process of doing it now, which she has confirmed with this tweet. Which yeah, I was gonna say like that was that was part of part of the episode plan that we had was is is she will she won't she and now we actually know we have a definitive answer she will mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool um, it's cool to go into it knowing that it sucks I still can't get over the fact that the master recordings were for sale just specifically not to the original like the creator of them well, uh, the so- music industry is a nightmare. <laughs> Well, we should clarify that. So, I mean, she could have went for sale for them. They said, you know, uh, you have to sign an NDA, though, saying that you will never talk bad about Scooter Braun again. And that's just like, so they've never heard of in this industry. That's just like not a thing. So that's insane. this was targeted for her that she could not get her master's back. She said they wouldn't even quote uh, a price to her, uh, mm-hmm. so that yeah, they weren't they weren't for sale to her. Um, insane. Like I I do love like like I said um she does say she's recently begun recording her older music. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to break down in that specifically that we'll get into later in the episode. Uh, but one thing I do like. I, I, it kind of blew, went over my head the first time, but I said I love you guys. I'm just gonna keep on cruising, as they say. Taylor, you say that. They don't say that. You say that. Because mm. um, I, I was like, that's such an interesting turn of phrase. Why would she say just keep cruising? And then I was like, wait, that's in Shake It Off. Ugh, how did I miss that? I know exactly how I missed that. I don't listen to Shake It Off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
I was I was thinking about that because we're uh, we both read the uh, the Rolling Stone article and she talks about Shake It Off in that article, like how she always has to play it whenever she does uh, an arena tour. And in my head, I'm like, you don't have to play it though. You don't have to. But she does <laughs> for those fans. For those fans. So uh, let's go let's go dive a little bit deep into this. So Devin. What is a master recording? Like how do like let's let's go let's peel back everything. Let's learn about this process, what happened, how we got to where we are. What is a master recording? Why is it so important? So, this is what I spent all those thousands of dollars learning at college. This was in my major. This is what I've learned. Music publishing and your masters both very content heavy discussion points. So, a master recording Basically, your master's is your original recording that everything else stems from. So whether it's putting your song on a streaming platform, that's technically a duplication. Any CDs, vinyls, physical copies, live performances, uh, that all comes from masters. So whoever owns your master's is in possession of how it is used. So when it's released... um, being used or like when and where it's released and then also if i wanted to license it out like hey i'm gonna put it in a target commercial and taylor's like nah i don't support target they do x y and z whoever owns the masters can say well i don't care we're gonna license it out to them and that's how we got in our very first episode the uh when we broke down the paris concert Mm -hmm. uh why we spent the entire episode wondering why she didn't play any of her pre-lover songs that's that's your answer right there like because exactly of, like you yep. said live performances she couldn't she couldn't benefit off of those so yeah when technically when you perform something live for recording because it was going to be played later you can't like that's called like it's, it's duplication so you can't perform those songs because you are not the master's holder anymore and so so that's interesting i'm i'm just curious sorry to, to cut in there but like so she say she does record all of these things all over again. Mm-hmm. How how does that work with her live performances of her re-recordings? Like what? How does one differentiate between if she's live report or live performing the old version of a new version? Well, I think that's what we're going to come into later. When it's how does she re-record these songs and does she change anything? Does she add anything? Because that comes into you know legal effect. Are you just duplicating the exact same song or are you doing anything else and she said that she has a couple surprises in store so i'm sure that she has something else up her sleeve to help out with that uh but continuing on with the masters most of the money is made or given to the masters holder from streams however taylor swift is pretty unique as an artist she's you know her own singer songwriter she makes all of her publishing money and so your publishing is whoever the actual lyrics behind the song the songwriting that's who's credited that's a percentage of money so she's not she's not broke or anything she's still making a lot of money she's just not making that money from her masters which is a pretty decent chunk of change she i could just imagine she would be the most she could easily be the richest woman in the world Mm-hmm. If she owned her own masters. And but the thing is that's interesting too is with all this fighting, you don't get the feel that she's doing it for money. Like no. she does not give off the feel that like I want my masters because I think of all the money I could be making. She's it's, doing it because it's it's a point of pride. It's her creative control. It's you know, this is the stuff mm-hmm. that I made when I was fifteen and vulnerable and crying in my room. Like this is her it's her life. It's her she's very 
you know, her songwriting style draws from her life and her experiences. So to have that vulnerability out there for someone else to exploit is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And this is sickening. Just in general, I mean, you see a lot of cases where um, most artists don't own their own masters, uh, especially as they're starting off. You know, when you go to a record label, they say, okay, well, what's the collateral? What am I making in return for us basically promoting you and getting you famous? Like, they have to have some kind of give and take. So they keep the masters, and then they give an artist a per diem, which is basically... We're going to give you $50,000 for this album so you can put it towards X, Y, and Z and use how use it however you want, but you have to pay us it back with your record sales. Wow. That was like you hear the story about NSYNC and how like they paid them like, what, $25 a day? Like the band NSYNC, like that much, that little amount of money while like the record label made mm-hmm. billions off of these boy bands and stuff like that in the early 2000s. Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. depressing oh yes my so you're seeing a big movement especially stemming from this of independent artists and people trying to retain their masters which isn't quite common but you're seeing you know more a better what's the word you're seeing more people start to seek out these opportunities instead so yeah like you see um we actually recently saw kanye go through this which i think is uh weirdly really funny to me uh because he just went through like he just <laughs> i can't i can't get over it um like it's like like a light bulb like flicked on in his head and he realized wait taylor's been screaming about her masters for years i wonder if i own my and he just like yells kim kim do i own my masters and she goes no honey scooter does what i don't know if scooter so, yeah, owns so, his masters i thought he uh, I actually, yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think does. I don't think he does, but I, he basically had this whole tweet storm where he was tweeting out his contracts and texts with his lawyers, and he was like, you know, Taylor Swift, I'm gonna help you get your masters back from Scooter. He's a close family friend. It's like, dude, what are you doing? He said, he said specifically, I will personally see to it mm-hmm. that Taylor gets her masters back, which is like, it's so nuts and then like the the media put out like uh, a thing about it like saying like kanye like kind of painting him to be like this hero Mm -hmm. and it's so funny like you look at like taylor like has been a champion of like musicians rights for so long and has gotten no like positive no real positive uh media from it of course she's gotten some but the general consensus has not been and then kanye comes out with like a a Twitter fueled rampage and immediately is seen as this, this good guy for doing it. And I mean, I don't know how of, good of a guy. Well, Kanye's seen. never really seen as yeah. a good guy. I wouldn't say, but like it, it's the, the, the difference in headlines. Like it was so funny. Cause you just point to the man, like her song, the man and realize like if Taylor had been making all these claims while being a man, she probably would have gotten a lot farther with it and would have had a lot more support and all this stuff. But because she's a woman in the music industry, even though she might be arguably the most powerful woman in the music industry, uh, it doesn't matter. There's still that, that ceiling there that she can hit that Kanye, uh, who I have strong opinions about. (laughs) She's seen as greedy and she's seen as asking for too much. Uh, It's just, it's so like the more you talk about it, it's just so crazy to me that someone can create a whole thing mm-hmm. 
and not even own portions of it. Like, yeah. like that's just, it's nuts to me. Um, all right. So tell me more. Tell me more. So we learn about masters. We know what masters are and, and what they do in relation to a musician's work. Uh, what about Taylor specifically? What about her masters? Why is she in such a kerfuffle uh, in this whole thing? Why? What is, what is going on specifically with hers? Yeah. So basically, Taylor was signed to Big Machine Records, which, you know, the record head or the head of the record label was Scooter, not Scooter Braun, uh, Scott Borchata. So Big Machine, in that sense, owned her masters. Um, it was fine because Taylor was with them for a while. She had this, you know, relationship with him and this trust that was built. And after she was trying to leave and, you know, her contract was up, she was trying to see what options there were out there for her. Uh, she was given the option of, hey, you know, we're not going to let you buy back your masters, but if you stay with Big Machine, every album you record will have you earn back one of your old records. And she was like, I'm not going to stick around and stay because she ultimately knew, you know, in hindsight that she would have just been sold off anyways and she wouldn't have control of her new stuff or her old stuff. So it was kind of you know, the lesser of two evils. But basically, Big Machine was then sold to Scooter Braun, the entire label, uh, so Ithaca Holdings, for reportedly $300 million. That sounds so low. I mean, for the label itself, maybe, because she's pulling in money a lot of different ways, too, you know, whether it be for merch or her publishing, like, it, just her... Her her tours are also, like, I think, her tour mm-hmm. is what I think she's making the most out of, because she's, yeah. like, the number one, number one tour with reputation. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I don't know what else is on Big Machine. I don't know who else is signed to them. So, I don't know. For me, owning all of Taylor's uh, ma- masters seems like those songs are going to be they're Beatles level songs. I'm not like I, I hate when, when I, when I say that, like whenever I come to people and say, Oh, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. And they go, Oh, well her music sucks. It's like, well, no, like everyone loves her music, whether you do it or not. doesn't matter. I don't like the Beatles. I can't stand the Beatles, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit back and say, Oh, the Beatles music, it all sucks. Like if you had a chance to buy the Beatles music, like the entire catalog for $300 million back, probably with adjusted for inflation, like, yeah, any record label would. Didn't Prince own the Beatles or something like that? That sounds familiar, actually. I think I, I someone did that. Or Michael like they, Jackson. They bought, I think it might have been Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Did what? There was a case where a prominent musical artist bought the masters of another prominent musical artist for this specific reason. Yes. Um, but Swift even estimated in that sale after she heard about the the cost she's, that her masters are worth over half of that deal. Mm-hmm. Like, which which like you said, if you think about it, like all of, think of how many Beatles songs you've heard in a Target commercial. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I like that's what I love when you said Target specifically. Like, think about like how many commercials you hear, like, like all of these famous classic rock songs. You're going to hear Taylor Swift songs in a in a majority of them. Think of the ones you already heard "Shake It Off" on, and they're like, making money off of all of those placements. Lots of money, mm-hmm. especially because it's a big name. People yep. know that song. Um. Like, I remember what was there was the Beatles song that was associated with the Target commercial. I didn't know it was a Beatles song, but I associated anytime I heard that song with Target was a uh, you say hello. I hello. Say, goodbye. Like that song. 
Yeah. yeah, hello, goodbye. I was thinking that in my I, head as you were before you even said it. Every time I hear it's uh, that song, I think of Target and like, do you know how much money that's worth? Mm-hmm. To every time someone hears "Shake It Off," to think of X brand name. Yeah. Like, they're making big money on that. Three hundred million is like a a steal, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like like you were saying, she said she was completely unaware of the sale and that it was her worst case scenario based on her history. <laughs> with scoots <laughs> and then she uh, like we just learned she uh it's sold again without uh without her her awareness of it too yeah and that's crazy like imagine your master's being sold two times imagine like without you knowing <laughs> like about imagine it. you created something like for 10 years and like you don't even know about it mm-hmm. like like you don't know the state of it. You don't know who who is who's making money off of it. Um, she she went on like back back when this occurred, back when this first sale happened. She wrote a, a very long blog post, uh, basically saying like she had asked for years for a chance to buy her work, uh, and she was and like you said, she was to earn back the album one at a time, which to me makes no sense because. In theory, you're just a, sna- a snake eating your own tail. You're never going to actually own everything. Um, and she walked away because once she knew that contract, they would sell it. Yeah. I can't. I can't get over that. Mm-hmm. So so what did she do after that? What, like she kind of t- like we hear we know my tears ricochet. She turned her back on her well, not turned her back, but kind of was forced to leave those six albums behind. Uh, so what what is she doing now? In terms of what? Just like with Republic? So, uh, yeah. So she now she signed a deal with Universal Music Group. Uh, you you said her subsidiary Republic Records. <laughs> that is Republic. Which I, know, I said I, Atlantic, but. You said Atlantic before and I said Universal just because every time I buy a piece of this merch, I get an email that says Universal Music Group has accepted your payment. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Um, so, do you know anything about this deal now? Is, uh, uh, allegedly, she owns Lover and she owns Folklore now. Yeah, I think I think she owns, if not one hundred percent, like she owns the chunk of her masters moving forward. Like, th- those are hers. She has, you know, in interviews talked about how she started to do a lot of things DIY with her own team. She's not really relying on labels as much, and Republic definitely knows that. They're probably just like, you know what. We have her under us. We might not be making like as much money as if we did have her masters, but we're still making money and we have that name and that name is valuable. Well, that's the other thing too is like, again, with Taylor, I don't think she wants her masters for money. Like, I don't think she, one, I don't think she needs it, but two, that's, it's not the reason that she's fighting for this stuff. And it's very clear in all of the the communication she has about it. So she could easily be like universal. If you want to use this song in a commercial or, or for anything, let Mm -hmm. me know first you can take the money from it like you would if it was your own of your we don't know that this is the case but she could easily just do that and say look as long as i own it and i say look i don't like i don't support this company or something i don't want you to use it for that ad but you can use it for this ad Mm -hmm. or something like that that company is still in a pretty sweet spot making all that money in the same way but like she still gets that satisfaction satisfaction not only did that but like there is a a Big vilification of now Scooter Braun, Scott Prochetta, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Prochetta, and um, <laughs> and all of those record labels. 
And now, like, I feel great about Universal Music Group. Uh, I want to go to Universal Studios in, in Orlando again and support them because of the, I knowing that they're making this musician happy. Um, and making like they're labeled they they're now well known which they probably they not that they weren't before universal's a pretty big but uh this is such a big news story and having such a big artist like taylor on it it, it the publicity is insane like there's just a lot going on for them for this that it just makes sense to allow her to have her her masters for this yeah so now with republic records as an independent Taylor's faced with this decision, you know, well, should I re-record my new stuff? And the answer is yes, and she's currently working on it now. Um, it's it's interesting. Back uh back in July of last year, Kelly Clarkson spawned a lot of speculation about it uh by tweeting before Lover came out. Uh I'll read the exact tweet, just a thought. Uh, I like that Kelly Clarkson also uses you, not Y-O-U, mm-hmm. uh, like since you've been gone. <laughs> uh, but uh, just a thought, you should go in and re-record all of the songs that you don't own in the Masters. On, uh, you don't own the Masters on exactly how you did them. Put brand new art and some kind of incentives to fans will no longer buy the old versions. I'd buy all of the versions just to prove a point. And there were a flood of replies saying, I'd do the same. I'd buy the same. I'd buy them all over again. Um, I'm hoping by the end of this Christmas, I have all of her original albums, unfortunately in, in vinyl. And you know what? I would be over the moon with the chance to buy them all over again and have them, uh, rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Kelly Clarkson kind of spawned this whole thing. Uh, and then she went on, uh, I believe it was CBS good morning today or some kind of good morning talk show. Uh, and she was asked about it in 20, in August of 2019, and she said she's something she's very excited about doing. So the the phrasing there, if if we hadn't just had the news that she was 100% doing it, uh, does lead you to believe that it's not something she was thinking about. It's something that she was definitely going to do. Um, and she she pointed out her contract states starting November 2020, she can record albums one through five all again. Uh, I, and she's very excited about that. And she said, I think artists deserve to earn their work, which sounds crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I can't get over it. Uh, but it's cool. Like, it's just she feels very passionately about that. And you can tell, like, it's so it's so refreshing, too, because, like, you can tell, like, she she has been saying that for years. It's a platform she has stood and died on. And. And it's so cool to see that it, she's never wavering. She doesn't do it just for herself. She's fighting for every artist. She mm-hmm. thinks it's she thinks it's a universal thing that every artist should own their own work, not just her. And she she doesn't think that an artist who's fifteen or sixteen or like Billie Eilish or something mm-hmm. that's coming up should have to have this fight later in their life after nope. they've sold all like sold everything. Yeah. And so as of today, she tweeted. Uh, including in that paragraph, I've recently begun re-recording my older music and it is already proven to be both exciting and creatively fulfilling. I have plenty of surprises in store. Sunglass emoji. So <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited one question to I do see have. where that goes. One question I have for you. Uh, so it's every, everything you keep saying first five albums. Why the first five albums? She, what, what about reputation? So we aren't sure the exact contract terms that was you know, between Big Machine and Republic, or not Republic, um, 
Ithaca. Ithaca Holdings. Yeah, we, we're not sure what went down with that. But basically, the standard rule is that uh, you can only re-record songs two years after that contract ends or five years after the uh, release date of the album. So unfortunately, Reputation was released in 2017. It does not fall under that five-year or two-year deal. But in 2022? In 2022? new Reputation. And if she does space it out decent enough, then yeah. So, uh, so that's the, the history uh, of this whole kerfuffle. And I keep using that word because I love it. Uh, that has happened and gone down with Taylor Swift's Masters. Kind of give you a background of what a master is and how it's affected Taylor. Why this whole battle has started. Devin, what are you excited about? Everything. <laughs> I'm excited about life right now. But, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm excited about a lot. But I think before we even talk about you know, why we're excited, we come with this question of, you know, should she re-record? And as fans, you know, are we not supposed to listen to older versions anymore? Um, And I mean, she addressed that in her tweet today. She said, you know, I want a way for fans to listen to the originals without feeling guilty for supporting Scooter Braun. So I guess she doesn't want us to. But at the same time, if you want that authentic feeling, you're just not going to get that from Taylor almost 20-something years later. You know, it's not going to be that same raw emotion. And I just I just don't know if it's going to be authentic. I'm Granted, I'm super excited for it. But, you know, thinking about a song like 15, like, can she even replicate that? It's interesting because... <sighs> What are you? What are you? What are you saying? Like authentic wise? Like obviously she's not fifteen anymore. She doesn't feel what it's like to be a freshman or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so are you thinking like the emotion won't be there when she's singing? I think so. I mean, I think her voice is gonna. Uh, her voice has matured a lot. She doesn't sound the same. Yeah. I think that you know. I think she was kind of flubbing the country thing this whole time in terms of just the twang because yeah. she's from Pennsylvania, like. Hi, I'm Taylor uh, Pennsylvania, Swift. Pennsylvania is uh, mm. is a real thing. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Don't get me wrong. As a Pennsylvania native, Pennsylvania is a real thing. I'm uh, just <laughs> I'm interested to see her approach to the albums because I just don't know if you're going to get that same effect, and I don't know if she's trying to go for that or not. That's that's my biggest fear too. And like you you did say, and sh- and she was right, like. It it is when I do list like I I am and we've talked about this at length. I am very much a pre nineteen eighty nine Taylor Swift fan. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; I love everything she's done after nineteen eighty nine, and even some things she's done on nineteen eighty nine. But that sweet spot, self titled, fearless, speak now, red. Those four albums are the most important thing to me, and it it does come with like it's like a double edged sword of like I love it. But I do feel guilty. Like, I'm like, look, like, I, I have to listen to these. There's no way in, in hell I'm going to just cut them out of my life. Yeah. But, like, it still feels bad a lot of the time. And, like, I bought all of these albums. Like, I feel terrible supporting them. Every time I look down at my vinyl collection and I see Big Machine Records, Taylor Swift Red, it it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't like supporting them. And I'm excited for the chance to be able to not support them but at the same time like 
realistically, am I ever going to cold turkey give up the original recordings if she does something different? If she sings Love Story, adds like one word to it, and everything else sounds the same, maybe. Maybe I could. But like... There are a lot of different ways she could do it. And like you mm-hmm. said, she she said she's creatively doing it. There's a lot of surprises in store. Yeah. So, like, if that's the case, for me, it's just going to double how I listen. Exactly. Really. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited and I'm going to listen to it anyways. But I don't know oh, if yeah. you can replace the old unless you're going to you're going to do a spot by spot copy, which you can't do. I just, Mm-mm. I don't think that's legal. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's legal. Um, I don't think, and I, I honestly, with Taylor, I don't think it's something she would even do. Mm-mm. She's way too creative. She's way too, like, like, like just gifted. She would, and she's different. She's so different now. She has different sounds, different thoughts, different ideas. She's going to remake these albums in different images. And I'm, ex- I'm beyond excited to see what that yields but I don't think it's going to be a, a complete replacement. I don't think even the most diehard Taylor Swift fans, maybe maybe some, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's going to get a massive conversion of people. I don't think so either. I, I think I these think are back, for her fans. I think so too. I think so. I, I think it is. I mean, either way, she's going to get a lot out of it. She's going to get a lot of money from it, and she's probably going to convert a lot of people who – like started liking her at 1989 and didn't really go back mm-hmm. um because i think 1989 is like that pivotable pivotable pivotal 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 album that like brought on a brand like like the baby baby boomer era of taylor swift where like mm-hmm. a millions of fans just came in from that album and maybe don't know as much about the old album so it's going to reinvigorate that those older songs, which I think is going to be really cool to see. Um, but I think the, the, the fans that have been there since self-titled, it's going to be really hard for them to up and quit that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, so if she does re-record, which we know that she's doing now, mm-hmm. how is that going to work? Is she going to release each album like re-recorded like one at a time all at once is she gonna do like taylor swift greatest hits i can't imagine she does greatest hits we can we i think we can knock that one out of the out of out of it right now um because i think like again i think this isn't greatest hits to me sounds like a a cash grab Mm -hmm. which most greatest hits kind of are um so and like we said this is taylor swift is not a cash grab artist right now this isn't that's not the reason she's doing it so i think at the end of the day even if even if it's just come back be here she wants to own it yeah um and i i'm sorry for the come back be here stands but eh, not my favorite (laughs) but no i i think it's definitely going to be she's going to try to grab that whole discography um but i i'm also i don't think she can't drop what like 90 90 some songs in a in a weekend she's got to space them out no she's definitely probably i think she's gonna do it in in order she's gonna do self-titled and then have that be a thing for a bit and then eventually fearless i think she's probably at least six months between each album i was gonna say i think six months is a is a 
it probably longer because of mm-hmm. her. But my my big fear is like, I'm don't get me wrong. Like I said, again, I'm excited for her to do this. I'm excited to see the differences that she does with it. Mm-hmm. But I'm nervous, like. If she does this every six months, say, even like that's the best case scenario. That's the shortest amount of time. That's five times six months. That's two and a half years of her working on this and this alone. And then how long is it before we get T Swift eight? Nine. Or nine. Nine. That's crazy. Like how long yeah. before we get to that? If if this is what she granted, she is a, a yeah. ridiculously talented woman. She could work on T Swift nine alongside this but still i think she'll definitely work on it besides this but i really i don't think she's going to release an album for a while i I think think that folklore was kind of the this is going to be it for a bit i'm going to go to the lakes now yeah that sucks like kind of like her kind of like her 1989 where Mm -hmm. she took a break until reputation came out yeah i hate that but at least, like, this is still content. And, like, the one thing that I'm excited for. So, so let's see. What what do we have here? Will she keep her country roots uh, for the first three albums? Three and a half. Uh, or will she kind of update, give him a modern update on all of them? Uh, that's really interesting for me. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see that. Because she did go back to her country roots with Betty. Very true. Granted, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a full back. Like, there's, Betty is still, it's not full country, it made it to country radio, but it's not, like, a full-fledged country song like Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. But, do you think, like, and she's done stuff, like, in concert, she does a rock version or a pop version of uh, Love Story now, uh, is how she performs it. She does not perform it in the same country twang and, mm-hmm. and old style that she did before. So what do you think? Do you think she's going to keep those country roots? I mean, I would like her to for a couple of them, but I don't know. I think that we've seen it for so many years now. I think she might try to redo some stuff in a different way, a different twist or turn to make it a little bit more interesting. All right. So when you say different twist or turn, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Um, I wouldn't stop talking about it, uh, but I don't. That does not mean that you had to give it any time of day. Okay. Uh, did you hear Kelsey Ballerini's album Kelsey? No. Okay, cool. Then I'm assuming you didn't hear her follow-up album Ballerini. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Kelsey Ballerini this year came out with an album uh, earlier this year called Kelsey uh, that had a lot of great hits on it. Uh, I listened to that album. It is one of my favorite albums of the year, aside from Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Um. And then in September, she came out with an album, Ballerini, which is basically the exact same album, but just, like, different versions of every song. Uh, So, like, I'm trying to... Club is a song on the first album, and it's, like, a very upbeat pop... Not, like, country pop anthem kind of thing. And then she completely slowed down the tempo, changed uh, the the delivery of it, made it a very slow piano song, in the in the second version of the album are you thinking that's what taylor goes with do you think something that drastic or do you think like a different beat here or there or like how we got the demo recording of red versus the regular recording of red or something like that Mm. i don't know i i think i'd like to see some different versions like actually you mean like like completely different. Like, like completely different. 
Interesting. I see. That's the thing is, if she does that, I would love that. Don't get me wrong. I would. Mm-hmm. I would listen to it uh, to the end of the earth. But then but you I'm would not still gonna, like. Mm-hmm. There's no way I would give up the old version of it for it. Very like if true. she does a if she does a slow rendition of Long Live, awesome, amazing. I would love to see the piano. Like cause she does that in in a live show. Uh, I would love to see that. But that does not mean I'm never going to listen to the original Long Live again. I'm Very going to true. listen to it all the time. Yeah, it's difficult because you know you want to have the authentic version, but at the same time. Then that's just a direct it's copy. It's hard reporting, mm-hmm. and and yeah, like the direct copy is the hardest thing. And like, I don't think she can even do a direct copy. Like, no. I don't think her voice, her voice just isn't the same. No. Like, you go back and you listen to some of the really old stuff. You listen to like when Daddy Let Me Drive, or like those really deep cuts that are like Young Taylor. Uh, I don't think she could pull that voice anymore. Mm-mm. I just, I really don't. And, and it's I not to say that she to. got worse. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She, she has gotten so much better as a vocalist uh, over these, like this decade and a half of singing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want her to go back to that. I'd, I'd like to see her like belt. A, Cause she could, she could belt a lot better now than she could back on uh self-titled. And I love to hear her belt some of those things. Yeah. Um, do you think all right, so what are the different things she can do? Different renditions. Do you think the genre so you, we already said country roots. Do you think she's going to do a different genre for these? I really And what kind of genres are you thinking? I would say maybe pop or rock, but I think she'll probably stay country folk esque. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean people have been clamoring for a Taylor Swift rock album. Do you think she would do red in a rock? Like if she redid Red as a rock album, like a like an, a genuine rock and roll album. Well, okay, I think we're thinking of it. I just thought of this now. I think we're thinking of it too broad. What if she doesn't do re-recordings of each album separate, but she creates these new pieces of work? Like, okay, well now I'm gonna do rock covers on this one piece, and it's all these different songs from different the five different albums. What if what if she does it? Uh, like like the chapters of folklore, mm-hmm. where like she goes, all right, this album I just released is called, um, I don't know, Blue. It is a terrible name. I can't come up with things on the fly. Well, like she comes out with Blue, and it takes like a song from uh, like Tim McGraw, uh, The Way I Loved You, Enchanted, and stuff, and just like combines them all into one album. Yeah, and it's like these are my these are the songs from each. I didn't even. I didn't think of that until oh five gosh. seconds ago. I was like, we're thinking two in the in the lines. We gotta, we gotta think insane. outside the box. And that's so something she would do. And that's creative and that's, you know, something different. Where she's not limited lo- to I'm gonna do exactly word for word, but I'm gonna give you a twist without going too far off. I love that so much. Cause like you know, like there are songs, especially on the first four albums. That, like, you could mix and match and make a new album out of. Mm-hmm. Easy. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. that I've, wa- I've never wanted that so bad. I really, I hope I hope we tripped and stumbled on exactly what she ends up doing. Oh, my gosh. One, because that would make the podcast insane and people would love us. But, two, <laughs> two like, that's that's my new favorite way. I think that's the only way I would want it. Mm-hmm. Because then you get you get a new incentive for people. 
because you get to because Taylor herself, like when she came out, the chapters could have been her messing around with that model from the get go and seeing how it was received. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Boom! That just blew my mind. No, that's insane. So so. All right, forgoing that thing, because that is clearly, I think, exactly what we want out of this. I think mm-hmm. in a perfect world, we get Taylor Swift's personalized Spotify playlists of her first five albums. Yes. Um, Which then would leave Reputation to just be re-recorded in its entirety, which I'm not opposed to. Mm-hmm. I think that album could be re-recorded and be made a lot better. Um, <laughs> hey, that means I think 1989 is better than it. Oh, my God. Actually, is that even true? I don't know if that's true. Um, so what album, if she were to record it album by album, would you be most excited for? Well, so our choices, let's go into that first. So out of these five albums, Self-Titled was 14 years old this year. Fearless turned 12 oh. uh, very recently, as of, I think, two weeks ago. Speak Now was 10 years old. Red is eight years old. And 1989 is six years old. Um for me, I feel like 1989 still feels too new. Like, I know it's not. It's six years old, but it's very poppy, and I can't see it immediately getting redone. I I, I don't. I feel like I can hold off on self-titled for a bit, but then I would love to go in order of Fearless, Speak Now, Red. Self-titled, I think for 1989. I think 1989 is interesting because... Like you said, it, it's not it's it doesn't feel that old, and I think it's because Red, Speak Now, Fearless, they're such different radical styles, mm-hmm. and 1989 is still very much similar to the era we're in. Like from 1989 is not so far removed from Lover as Fearless is removed from Lover. Like just the sounds of the albums are so different when you go back farther. Yeah. So I think that's. That's one of the reasons for me specifically 1989. I, I'm the exact 1989 is one of my least favorite albums of her. So I'm not really, I don't really look forward to that, but like there's this interesting dichotomy of me of like, I think speak now. And this is a recent development, like within the last four or five months that I, I learned, I think speak now is my favorite record of hers of all time mm. over red, which had been the, the forerunner for so long um, that I would think, Oh, we'll speak now. I want to hear the speak now, but like, I don't think there's anything she could do that would make me love Speak Now more than I already do. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, I think I would be most excited for Self-Titled. Because Self-Titled, I like the songs, don't get me wrong, they're not bad, I grew up with them, I really like them. But exactly in the same boat as you, it's nowhere near my favorite. Yeah. I don't like, like I like T- Tim McGraw, Teardrops on My Guitar. Like I like the the popular ones, but like the old ones, Mary's song, like one we, we bond over, we really like together. Mm-hmm. But like a majority of that album, I'm like, I could take it or leave it. But that means that it, it's so open for me is to see what she does with it. Yeah. If, if I'm, if I'm, if I have the least amount of expectations for that album, that's the, the easiest for her to blow my mind with it. Exactly. So I th- I think uh, contra like hot take here, but I think self titled is my most uh, excited. Which if she goes in order and if this is the way she does it, I'm in. For, uh, I I get to wait the least amount of time. Um, fearless red. I'm red and speak now. I'm just nervous about mm-hmm. because like like I said, those I think are perfect albums. Uh, 
so what can she do? And, and I'm so afraid of like, I got to remind myself the mindset of like, just because she's doing this does not erase the old one, but it's also hard because it's, she's trying to in mm-hmm. a way like, like whenever like they do a remake of a 1980s movie and you hear some, some like 30, 40 year old guy go, Oh, well the original is so much better. I'm like, well, that's so funny because this new one doesn't make the original not happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like You still have that original movie. You still have all the memories of that original movie. You can go watch that original movie. You can pretend like the new one doesn't happen. And like, you kind of get a little bit of that here, but not really because you, the whole point is to get rid of that guilt and you're still going to have that guilt if yeah. you go back and listen to it. Um, but I think self-titled is my number one. Probably then I think it just might go self-titled, fearless, red, speak now, 1989. And I think it goes in specifically that order because I like speak now so much. And though I'm afraid of how, how she's going to change it, but I, I, I'm less afraid of how she's going to change it than I am of caring about her redoing 1989. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree I just, with that. What songs are you most excited about? Because this is actually kind of evergreen. No matter which way she goes, she's still going to redo these songs. Exactly. and I, I think your list is so interesting. It's interesting because here's the thing. I just, like, when it comes to the popular songs, I just don't know the same way you talk about albums, how she's going to make it better. And if I even want her to change it up because I do have such a love of these songs, especially the popular ones. And if you are going to redo it, can you still connect to the source material as well? Like, you know, I was thinking about Dear John. I'm like, would she even re-record Dear John? Because that's such like a deep cut about like John Mayer. It's like, do you want to re-bring that old, ha- like hash it out again? Like, I feel like you're just too removed from it. Better than revenge. Like, are you going to bring up that immaturity again? I think so. Like, like, well, the thing that, that gets me through it is like Death by a Thousand Cuts for me is 100% proof that she can still dig deep and feel those emotions. And I don't know about her specifically. I love digging deep and rehashing old wounds that I have. Uh, I love thinking about old relationships that ended poorly and like getting sad about it. Um, I'm still like, (laughs) I'm still having fun reeling from a, a, a heartbreak that happened like two months ago. Mm-hmm. So like, and it's, it was like the most baby heartbreak possible. It does not matter, but I'm going to milk that thing for all it's worth. Yeah. And I think she's fine with that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you do bring up a good point of like, you are bringing back the tailor that the media tore to shreds mm-hmm. and, and like mocked for all these, Oh, you only sing about boys, even though a lot of these songs are not a hundred percent about boys. Yeah. Um, like you're kind of injecting that back into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. But again, at the end of the day, I don't think she's she's doing it for the fans. That we're definitely part of it. But I think a majority of it she's doing it for herself. And like we'll talk about it more at length on another episode, but she did she just recently put out a, an interview with Rolling Stone where she talked to uh Paul McCartney. And she she talked about how she wrote folklore, and both of them were talking about how, with the albums they put out recently, they they were enlivened by the fact that even if it didn't work, they didn't care. It was mm-hmm. something they were doing for themselves. And I think she's kind of fixated on that right now. And I think she loved how much that helped folklore come to be what it was, and even saw that regardless of whether she was writing for an audience or not 
how well received it was Mm -hmm. that she's not going to care about what the media or the general populace thinks. I think she's doing this one because she wants to own her master. She wants to own these songs that she puts so much work into. And two, she's excited at the chance to redo them and do them in a way that she wants to do, not give a crap about how the media sees it or anything like that. I think this is a, I I don't want to say this word because it, it, detracts from it but i think it's a right rightfully selfish way she's doing it and i and i i I want that i Mm -hmm. want that for her yeah so so what songs are you excited for so you like so yes so (laughs) like i was saying uh i think mary's song would be interesting for me to hear i don't really have any like exact reason why i could not agree more i could Um, not agree more fearless i'd be interested in her singing like from you know her 30 year old perspective haunted or never grow up uh i'd love to hear sad music never grow up and she's grown up Mm -hmm. and she's grown up because you imagine the emotion in that song oh my gosh uh sad beautiful tragic but like in the folklore style she just put out i think would be really interesting uh clean was one of my favorite songs so i don't just i still i can't get over clean i i I would love to see a new edition of clean because maybe it would make me like the song i guess the same thing goes for sad beautiful tragic like that is probably what i'm excited about is like the songs that i didn't quite like the first time Mm -hmm. like sad beautiful tragic i never really um gravitated towards clean Sad Beautiful Tragic, I think, is understandable. Clean, I feel vilified every time I tell a Taylor Swift fan that I do not like Clean. Yeah. like And probably rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I would love a version of this song that makes me like it as much as everyone else does. <laughs> I think she definitely, like, even just watching her perform it live is a different emotional experience than the production behind it. So I'm interested to see. I don't know. What about you? What are you thinking? Um, I kind of just threw a mishmash together. Um, and now that after we're talking about it all, I'm like rethinking it because I picked a lot of songs I really liked, mm-hmm. and I, I like my idea of picking songs that I don't like in hopes that I like them a second time. But I'm interested to see Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I, I, I'm really excited about, uh, and we'll probably close on it, is I'm excited to see what she does. Uh, like Carrie, like uh, not Carrie Underwood, like uh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson said, are as incentives for people to buy them, whether it be new art. But like, could you imagine if she got Tim McGraw featured on Tim McGraw, like as background vocals? Like, how cool would that be? Yeah. Um, I would love to see when she performs. We are never ever getting back together. Or at least when she did in 1989, she did like a rock version, like with electric guitar and like. Like a very like a, a very not pop version of that song. I would love to see that. Um, love story. I would just love to see how she feels about it now because it is her probably her most famous song ever. Um, and I would love to see what she does with a song of that stature. Uh, Enchanted. Even though again, I think Enchanted is a perfect song. I don't think there is a way you can improve upon it. But I'm interested to see what she does to it, so I can not like it um <laughs> uh long live like i mentioned before she does a um she does a piano version that mixes into enchanted i think it's enchanted um and live that i would love to see the way i loved you because i want to hear how she delivers that bridge and now that she's older mm-hmm. uh and i think the the one that we're all we're all kind of wondering about here is all too well 
like, I need to know how she does all too well at 33 and where, what we kind of get from that. So the last thing I want to talk to you about specifically is those incentives. What do you think are things that are going to get people to buy it that more than just, Hey, you're buying a greatest hits. If she does like a, a greatest hits or like a, a Spotify playlist version of her songs. Uh, what do you think will be the number one? And I'll, I'll start and I'll steal exactly what you wrote because <laughs> it's a, if she puts out red bonus track all too well, 14 minute version, every single diehard Swifty will buy 30,000 copies. It will be the most yeah. sold album by Swift fans in the world. Um, but those are things that she could do that are like, all right, look, I own my masters from this. That's cool. I got what I wanted out of it, but to get the fans involved and get some, give them something they want, this is what I did for them. So like, what, what are you hoping to see aside from just the re-records? I mean, besides the re-records in terms of like bonus tracks, um, I don't, I would love to just see, cause I know this girl has just a library of music. I would love to see what she's been holding out on us. And she's like, here's a different alternate version of, you know, this song that, you know, when she put out Cardigan, she was, you know, the original lyrics. I'd be interested to see if she has anything like that up her sleeves that we don't even know about. Cause I, I bet you she does. I think like that's one of the things we want to go into in a future episode is uh, voice recordings of like mm-hmm. all the stuff like her process and everything. So like you know, I forget like we were talking about. You know, she has like millions of voice memos, uh, that that probably span back a decade. At yeah, least. I mean, I don't know um, how early she started recording voice memos, but I think just in terms least, of I mean, it was general stuff. So six years, at least, at least six years. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I would be interested to see if she does features, like if she brings mm. a different artist in for certain things, like like I said, Tim McGraw and Tim McGraw, but like other kinds of things. Like she has such a giant clout now that she could get any artist to come in. And could you imagine Taylor Swift going, "Hey, I want you to be featured on this album. I want you to do better than Revenge with me, or even better, I want you to do." love story with me or something like that like i would love to see how she how she does stuff like that do you think that she would want to kind of split the spotlight maybe maybe in a bonus track maybe i i I think that's a good point i don't know again because again also i don't know how that works legal legal wise Mm -hmm. um if she has another artist and even though i think she would still own it because she still is the writer yeah and producer Mm -hmm. on it um I would love to see, I, again, I don't know the legality of this, but I would love to see I'd Lie finally release, mm. like, like, fully. Yeah. Because that is probably my favorite, that's not even just favorite unreleased song. Like, that tops a lot of her release songs for me. Like, I'd Lie is so good. And there are so many others. You shared a TikTok with me that got deleted, and I lost all of those. But there are, like, a, a, a whole slew of songs that are unreleased by her that I would love to see professionally recorded. Like I, I remember listening to daddy let, when daddy let me drive and it sounds like you're listening to it in a conch shell on the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love like an official version yeah. of her like singing these songs. I think that'd be an awesome bonus feature 
to get and a lot of, especially the early ones is like a, a good remembrance of it but i don't know what the the legality of mm-hmm. those songs are i think bonus tracks that are brand new but like fit the mold and i think that works really well if she doesn't do straight re-releases like if she does like the playlist version she can do uh, a bonus track that's completely different and a new song that would work yeah I don't know. I think it would be interesting, though, to see some of these original country songs maybe have country artists on them, like the Dixie Chicks or Mm. the Chicks and um, Kelsey Ballerini, potentially, and Carrie Underwood or Kelly Clarkson. Like, I would just be interested to see. Halsey's not country. She's going through all of our she ha- you should be sad is mildly country yeah it could be argued it's the instrumentation <laughs> you, you'll is never country <laughs> but yeah no like I- i'd love to see i'd love to see collaboration more because taylor is not a very collab not a very like vocally collaborative person i would say like her albums very rarely feature vocals that aren't hers mm-hmm. like the last one we had one song we had exile yeah lover had the dixie chicks as one song and Brendan Urie with then, me. Okay, we don't count that. It's not a song. <laughs> what do you mean it's not a song? <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything you want to say in closing before we wrap this super long episode? Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I'm excited. I think that whatever she puts out, I have faith in her that it will be amazing and that I will gobble it all up. I'm going to buy everything. Everything. <laughs> Uh, if you thought that me waiting four months for this cardigan and everything else that I bought, the probably $250 that I spent on merch from Taylor Swift was, was a way to detract me from ever buying anything from her again, you are dead wrong, my friend, because anything this woman puts out, I'm going to buy. Well, not anything. I'm not going to buy those biker shorts that she put out because I don't have the shape for it, but, <laughs> oh my but I'm going to buy a lot of this stuff and I'm going to, I'm excited to re to get a new vinyl collection with whatever she ends up coming out with. I'm excited to see what she does, whatever it does. She just eats, sleeps and breathes greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't make a podcast about her if she didn't. Exactly. Um, and I'm just going to say it one more time. Taylor, put out the 14-minute version of All Too Well. We're Do it. begging Please. you. We're begging you. This is the most opportune time. You, there's not a better time to put this out. If if we don't get it, I'm gonna be oh my, I'm gonna be so. You're gonna have to console me. There's <laughs> nothing I can do. I'm gonna be so upset. Anyway, if you like what you hear. Please be sure to give us a five star review and a uh, and a, give us a five star rating and a, and a review on Apple. Uh, tell if you have a friend that likes Taylor Swift or you have a friend that you really like and want to share this experience with her or him. Tell a friend about us. Uh, the best way that we can grow this podcast is by you guys, uh, word of mouth, sharing it with your friends. Yeah, and be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you do want to see our beautiful faces and Taylor Swift merch worn by Joe. Uh, we are we need to com- we need to calm down podcast on Twitter WNTCD podcast, but we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Uh, if you guys have a suggestion for an episode that you guys want to hear us do, something a topic you want to hear us talk about, uh, some music that she's done that you want us to cover, uh, please drop us a comment on this YouTube video or drop us a DM on Instagram or Twitter. We love hearing from you guys, and we have made a couple of episodes now uh, based on the topics that you guys have wanted to see. Facts. 
aside from that, thank you for listening to this episode of We Need to Calm Down. Uh, we will see you next Typical Tuesday. Come back. We'll be here. <laughs>